Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hope you're having a great day. I want to thank you for joining us on 103.1. We have a growing number of, uh, of uh, fans of the show that are joining us on, on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you joining in. I mean, the feedback for the show continues to be terrific. And uh, Kyle and Cammie and I are, are, are just thrilled to be here every day celebrating Coastal Mississippi. Listen, I had a really unique opportunity um, about a week ago to join, some, join Matt McDonald from the Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center to get a sort of behind-the-scenes view of what he and his team do at the Coliseum. You know, I've been around for a long time as publishers, and I've been to special events. I've been with presidents. I've been I've seen all kinds of stuff. But as I never really had the opportunity to just go in and visit with someone like Matt and his team and see what it takes to do it, what it takes to pull off a big event. In this particular case, it was the judge this really important uh, concert uh, that's happening to, to celebrate, uh, and now especially Naomi Judd and her passing. And uh, it was a great opportunity. Now, I've got, I posted a video of sort of the, the, the events as I saw them, uh, and if you can see it at the Coast View Facebook page, I would encourage you to go take a look at it. Uh, a lot of folks have interacted with it. It's uh, it's kind of a telling of what I experienced, but I've invited I've invited Matt and one of his key people, Michelle Manning Man Manning Man, to join me today, and we're going to have a conversation about not just that night and what it takes to pull off major events here in coastal Mississippi. I mean, the economic engine. You can, when you go to an event like Judge, you just see this economic engine roaring uh, at the Coliseum. But what it takes to do it, we're going to talk about hockey. We're going to talk about how the past year was, what they what they what they see going forward. We got Beauvoir about to shut down, or actually it shut down in the last few days, and so we'll we'll be talking about that. So we're pre-recording this uh, show. Of course, it's airing here on Monday, but uh, but anyway, we 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 found this time to get together, and here we are. And I hope you enjoy kind of this this telling of this incredible effort that has to go down in order to make a major event, any event, that for that matter, go off at the Mississippi Coast California Convention Center. Without any further ado, let me bring Matt and Michelle into the conversation. And first of all, just say good morning. How are y'all doing? Good morning. Thank you for having us, Ricky. We're doing good. A little chilly, but we're good. Yeah. We, so, wanted, we wanted to show show your, your viewers uh, what a regular Tuesday morning looks like at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. Uh, the seawolves are behind us trying to uh, fine-tune their skills, and uh, the ice rink is rolling just like it does on any Friday, Saturday night of their game. Yeah, so I'd ask you know, listeners to just bear with us. You may hear some putts getting smashed in the background, but if you're listening on the radio, what, you're, what you see is Michelle and Matt are sitting there with the ice rink in the background, and the seawolves are actually practicing, which is, uh, you know, life, uh, uh, you know, a life... Life in the in the in a day at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, um, Matt. I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that Michelle had a just a stellar career playing softball at Alabama, 
and uh, you were able to share with me, and, and we'll, we'll show it for the uh, YouTube and Facebook audiences, but Michelle uh, had really, really significant distinction. Look, both of you guys are roll tied down to your deep in your soul, but it was significant because it was at the Paul uh, W. Bryant Museum. It's a, basically the football museum. And uh, Bama softball is the only other sport that's featured there. Talk about how significant that was. And then, Michelle, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your experience actually having that moment. Well, let me say this part, Ricky. The fact that she was a, a D1 athlete playing at the highest level, um, she got to play in two women's college world series in Oklahoma City, which is the pinnacle of women's softball. I mean, I, I knew when I hired her that she was a winner. There was no question. It was just how long it was going to take me to teach her the, the nuances of what we do. But she's a quick learner, and I'm sure uh, Coach Pat Murphy, when he had her at Alabama, recognized that as well. Michelle, how special was it to be there and see your name on the wall? And that, you know, I, I told, told you before the show, so sort of like this divine experience almost going to a Paul Bear Bryant museum. It really was. Um, it was a very surreal moment. I didn't realize going to that museum um, that we were the only other sport in the museum outside of football. So just that impact alone and the 25 years of the program and like the coaching staff that's still there has done uh, for that university and being such a huge um, tradition culture there, uh, it was just a, a huge honor. And I, I got to say, I was kind of nervous i have not been that nervous in a long time walking into that museum and the rich history there and seeing my name on the wall was a very surreal surreal experience you know michelle it's interesting and i know that that uh, matt just alluded to this but you think about anyone that i've talked to that have been involved in collegiate sports or professional sports uh, the 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 takeaway, the life lessons they learn from what it takes to be a winner, the teamwork that's required, the motivation, the dedication. You, you almost have to be a monomaniac on a mission to be successful at that. You know this this whole notion of you know the muscle memory and the practice and the work and getting your mind right. All that carries over into the real real world, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I, I think you know in any sport, and not just sports, not just athletics, but being a part of a band, the million dollar band I saw, which is impressive as all can be, but being a part of a team um, and having coaches that uh, invest in you and care about you as a person, not just a win, um, it, you carry that with you your whole life. I can't even explain how much I learned from that program that you don't learn in a classroom. You learn from getting knocked down. You learn from losing. You learn how to pick up your teammates. You, you learn how to persevere, determination, and there's just life lessons that it's hard to learn anywhere else and that uh, I'm very thankful to have and has been a huge part of my success leading teams in my early career. You, you know what, come to, go ahead, Matt. I'd like to just add the fact that she's able to, to utilize those skills she learned playing ball here at the Coliseum in terms of how she directs people, how she motivates people. Uh, the attention to detail that has to happen. You saw that firsthand um, with all of the moving parts and pieces that took place at the Judge concert. That's a lot of coordination, and this is my head coordinator right here. <laughs> well, I did get to see that, and in, in the next segment, we're going to start to break all that experience down. But 
But Michelle, I did see it. I mean, you're, I, I referred to sort of a field general. Because what's interesting, and, and again, we'll get into some of the details about this in a few minutes, but there are some, there's so many moving parts. And there's a select few on your like core team that are responsible for all these these things in motion. You know, you have contractors and employees and you know third parties that are that are there related to the concert itself. I mean, it's a it's a there's a lot of moving pieces. As I referred to it before the before the show started, organized chaos. But I got to see you and you in, uh, in action. I got to see you know the relationship, the unique relationship that you and Matt have, and the and the relationship you guys have with your team. And it makes all the difference, man. I, it, I, it's a what I would describe it as is a well-oiled machine. But we'll get into some of the details about that here in just a minute. Hey, before we move too fast away from what you're doing now, for the audience that's listening on the radio, uh, you've got you've got literally Seawolves hockey practice going on behind you on the ice rink, and um, you know, so ex- you got to be excited about having hockey back, uh, Matt. You know, it took us a while to get the right ownership group together to where the math worked for the team and for the venue. And, and that really became the problem going down the, the home stretch of hockey when it finally ended in 2014 was that the team wasn't making any money and neither was the facility. But yet we were going through 26, 28 game home schedule wearing our employees out. The fans had lost interest. So it was time to give it a rest, but but it probably stayed out a little bit too long. But we're fortunate to have a really good owner in Barry Soskin. Uh, the league is a good, solid league. All the teams uh, have been in the cities they're in for, for a pretty uh, decent period of time. They're adding more cities now. They're trying to get Baton Rouge into the fold. And I'm sure they're looking at a couple other southern cities to make their travel a little bit easier. But getting hockey back is important because it fills dates that we didn't have content for. It provides entertainment and, and, and a really good sporting experience for people that really enjoyed it when it was in its prime back in uh, the late 1990s, early 2000s. Now it's back, and we've got a good base of season ticket holders that have, that, that have supported it. We just need more fans to come out. And most of the games are on weekends, Ricky. We worked hard to give them a very favorable schedule. But at the same token, they're flexible to where if we have a major show that we can book, they'll move a game for us to where we don't lose out on booking that show. That's awesome. In fact, my my son-in-law, Keith Williams, and my grandson, Brody, went to the game this past weekend. And... They had a they had a terrific time, and he got had a hockey puck, and he wanted to show it to me, and it was just a really big deal. But you know, you got to hook people again. You got you got a great core. You know, you got a whole new audience of people who maybe have not experienced hockey before, and it's just a great. I mean, it's fun. Hockey's fun to watch. Fun. It's fun to watch. Fun to be at a game. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about hockey, and then we'll shift gears and talk about this incredible organization and how they pull off uh, big events. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast. You have Matt McDonald and Michelle Minning Mann, who are both are key figures at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. And they are sitting in the midst of the Coliseum now with the hockey rink behind them and, and um, practice is going on as we speak. So a, a day in the life of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. When we went to break, we were talking about how cool it is to have hockey back here in coastal Mississippi. Before we shift gears, anything else you want to say about that, Matt? Well, just the fact that it really is um, affordable entertainment for families. Uh, you can come out and really good seats are, are as low as $13. Uh, a lot of different promotions they'll be doing throughout the year. Dial into their website. Dial into the Coliseum's website. We'll have all those promotions, all the, the different uh, discounted tickets that are available. And we urge you to come out. There's 26 more home games. you got plenty of opportunity, and they fall on great days, Friday and Saturday. Good. Uh, Michelle, anything you want to add? You know, the, what I like I've seen uh, thus far is fathers coming out with their kids, remembering coming to the Seagulls games with their fathers. So the stories are here in the family. It's a great family atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. No doubt. Very, very, very special. Look, uh, there's a lot of ground to cover, but I think what I think probably the best place to start is this visit that I had the opportunity to do. And uh, it started early in the day, actually. I came, I came, first of all, Matt and I had talked about doing this. I was supposed to go up to Jackson for Haley Barber's birthday party. And unfortunately, he had a rag. Incidentally, the, the word still on him is that he's recovering and he's, uh, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to get past us. Um, but anyway, supposed to head up there. And when that, that window opened up, when the birthday party got canceled because of his unfortunate one car accident, um, I called Matt or sent Matt a note and said, maybe this would be a good day to do it. Cause it just so happened the Judd concert was going to play that night. And he said, for sure. When can you get here? And right after my show at 11, I think it was, I, I ran over. So he could kind of give me a sense of this. I mean, man, when, when a show like this rolls in, you've got tour buses, you've got all these 18 wheelers. They're full of all kinds of stuff. Um, the business model has changed for musicians these days with, with streaming and all that. So the, so the concerts weigh extraordinarily heavy in terms of their overall revenue model. So they, they're involved in all kinds of activities to help sort of help the artists make more money. And they take it very seriously. So there are a lot of moving pieces. What I saw as a former CEO almost initially was as, as Matt started to walk me around and, and show me, uh, for example, this new overhead infrastructure they have that enables uh, tours like the judge to be able to put their equipment up rapidly was that, you know, when you saw the number of people involved, I was just thinking that the project list on a on a show like this has to be multiple pages deep i can only imagine the the details that have to get covered when you book something like that i mean it starts long before i saw you during that day it, the the details that you guys have to attend to uh, to prepare long before the day actually starts has got to be enormous i'm at well it really starts to, to get the date routed in here and in the case of the judge that happened seven months prior to the show even playing. So seven months ago is when we started working on that particular event. Once we got it booked, then we had to build the Ticketmanifest. And that's gotten very, very complicated because Ticketmaster has gone to a dynamic ticket pricing model for, for shows of this size to where they can maximize the revenue. 
So that bill takes a while. Then you've got all the marketing and promotion of putting the show on sale. But what made it even uh, a little more uh, strange was the fact that one of the principals in the show died before the show got to play. And I've never in my career, Ricky, seen a date um, play out after that had happened. And I was very surprised that the show played, but yet I was very um, excited that it played from the standpoint that we got to see a different way to pay respect to Naomi Judd. And at the same time, the audience still got to hear the music. They still got the feeling of, they, of what they had gotten if she would have been here. And the supporting cast that they brought were, was spectacular. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, coming back, we'll, we, again, we'll get into some of the details of how good the show was and why that was important. You know, on this dynamic pricing for people who are not familiar with that, just think airline industry and the way that pricing of airlines or even hotel rooms and the way that works as well. It, it given, again, you think about the business model for artists have changed dramatically because of streaming. They have to make a lot more money off of uh, off to the concerts and what that does for promoters and others that are engaged in that is they're going to maximize the dollar so dynamic pricing to me was a no-brainer that they would move to that it's, it's actually you wonder why they didn't move to it already but I, I guess you'll continue to see innovation as it relates to that and michelle you heard me talk about you know the the planning that has to go down the project planning I, again i can see spreadsheets with dates and requirements and responsibilities and all these negotiations over all the because you got so many different parties that are involved in it you got middlemen in the promotion world you've got the band itself you've got your team contractors that you guys hire there's a lot to think about isn't there yeah, there, there's a lot, and it, it starts with advanced calls um, leading up to them being on at the facility, at the venue, uh, what that's going to look like so we can begin preparing. So we have the towels they need, the catering, the hospitality, um, the amount of staff they need to rig a show. Um, it, so it starts weeks in advance, and then day of, I mean, our uh, technical director, Brian Butler, it is not uncommon. It's actually more common than not. He's here at 6 a.m. and doesn't leave till 2, 3 a.m. the next morning. Um, yeah. that, that's about how long his days are. Um, he's, he's great at what he does, and he leads the entire technical production aspect of that from getting uh, scheduling stage hands, working with the tour production, and making sure, first things first that morning, that that uh, production rig gets in the air and safely and as quick as possible. Well, Matt's the thing again. Coming from my my role as a CEO for so many years, you know, I have gr great appreciation for how planning relates to whether or not a a an event like like this event that we're talking about now, the judge, whether it goes off without a hitch. And having the opportunity to visit with you and spend literally ride your coattail for you know most of the so a few hours in the middle of the day, and then uh, up until the concert started. And then listening to Michelle over the radio and the, the very minor things you guys have to deal with. And, and for example, to be able to open the door there, the band has to sort of approve that everything's the way it needs to be. When you look about, th think about the, the minor things that had to be addressed, that means your team just buttoned it up and, and got it right. And boy, what it took to do that is incredible, isn't it? Well, it really goes back to the fact that they, they pay attention to when we have adjustments, how we handle those. Uh, what, are, what are our uh, options to handle those? And we can do a lot of things on the fly here, Ricky, and that's because we have a, a really 
special team. They buy into what we're doing. They care a lot about what we're doing. They want to be just as good as the buildings that they're going to or that they've come from are even better than that. And just a little special gift that we gave to Winona. There's no other building in the country that's going to do that kind of, of special uh, gift to honor her for grossing over a million dollars. So, you know, it's just those little details that set us apart. And being in a small market, they're always going to New Orleans. They're always going to go to Dallas. They're always going to Miami or Atlanta. But to get them to come to Biloxi, Mississippi takes a little bit extra. And that's what I try to instill in our team. And Michelle has really picked up on it really well to the point where she's now teaching the rest of the team even better than I can. It is, you know, it is these little things, man. I mean, you know, we all know this. We, we all know this from our travels when someone exceeds our expectations or gives us a special gift that has some thought behind it. It makes a difference to us. And someone like Winona Judd, it's no different for her. I mean, you know, you're trying to exceed her expectations. Brandon from your team did a terrific job on this, what was essentially a shadow box representation, really well designed, very creatively designed, showing this million-dollar you know, position that the Judds got as a result of this concert. And she was happy to get it. And by the way, you can see that if you want to see that video, you can go to the uh, Coastview, Ricky Matthews Coastview site and watch that video. You'll, you'll really be glad you did. But, you know, Brandon was proud. You were proud. Michelle was proud. Winona was happy to get it. And, you know, the team was really happy to be there. And uh, what was amazing to me, actually, when you presented it to her, was when you know she was you know, I think a bit surprised that it was like 29 years. Do I remember that right? 29 years ago since she had played there. Actually, that's 30, a lot of time passed. 30 30 years since she had been here, and she had forgotten the fact that she was a um, co-headliner with Clint Black until she remembered the tour, but she'd forgotten that she had played here. So you know what? We didn't do a good job back in 1992 to make sure she remembered that like we did in 2022. Yeah. Well, she'll she'll definitely remember her visit here now. Not only was the was that gift, uh, I think, important to the moment, but the her experience here in the concert and the way that the crowd, great crowd, I mean, unbelievably focused crowd. They knew every word to every song. That was the thing that I noticed, and 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 certainly at the beginning, almost all, immediately, you realized, wow, this is a super super engaged crowd. Also for Martina McBride, they knew every word of every song she sang as well. Hey, when we come back, we can continue our conversation with Mac McDonald and uh, Michelle Minningman, who are our principals at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum, and we'll continue this conversation. See you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm really happy today. We have a kind of a special show today with the team at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum and Convention Center celebrating their team with Matt McDonald and Michelle Minningman. 
And uh, I got to see him in action from 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 behind the scenes. And you know, Matt, what's interesting? I, first of all, I really appreciate you enabling me to do that. You know, I'm retired. I do this show. It's one of one of the I think one of my my things I just enjoy doing reconnecting. But when I was at the Sun Herald, I just you know I was busy all the time. I was involved in corporate projects, and you know I I was became publisher in 2001. Of course, September the 11th happens. And in the time between 2001 and 2005, I was deeply engaged in just being a good publisher, but also involved in a lot of corporate stuff. And then Katrina hits. So, you know, the thing is, my whole time as a publisher defined myself, but to define my career as being busy a lot, especially in the post-Katrina world. But, you know, I look back now, and I think in this retirement time, I'm actually getting this opportunity to get to know you better, you know, getting to know people like Michelle I just never had that opportunity when I was publisher. You know, it was just busy, busy, busy. And so I never had the chance to go spend the day and just get to see what goes on behind the scenes as a former CEO with the eyes and my perspective to be able to understand, you know, and appreciate, gosh, man, this is uh, this is amazing teamwork that I'm watching. And to be able to observe it and then be able to tell people about it, teach them about it, I really appreciate that opportunity. We don't, we don't uh, normally give that kind of um, access to anybody in the media. As long as I've been here 36 years, I can't remember that happening. But it just kind of fit, and it worked. And you reached out at the right time, and, and we had the right act on the right day. And you know what, Ricky, it's important that we keep telling our story because a lot of people don't understand the hard work that Michelle puts in and all of our staff members put in. I posted something the following day. In 12 hours, we had this building ready to play hockey behind a major touring show that rolled in and rolled out. So that takes every single person on this team has to buy in. They have to be on their A game. They have to show up on time. They have to focus on what they do to make that happen. And I can't be any more proud to lead a team that has that kind of dedication and motivation, as well as knowledge of how to do that. That's important. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a massive undertaking, and I actually noted that in the video that what we're looking at with this, you know, the the floor behind you being you know essentially set up for the concert with all the chairs and what it takes to do a concert, concert, and the fact that that was you know within twelve hours was turned back into a hockey rink. It's just magic. You know, I, I did allude to this. One of the first things that you showed me as we as we sort of ventured out of your office, which incidentally was a beehive of activity with firemen and policemen and, you know, all your, your key people, you know, going in every direction, but everybody knowing where they needed to go. That was sort of the organized chaos part of it. Um, one of the first things we did, though, when we went out to where the stage was, um, you and I had talked about this on the show before, that during the pandemic, it did give you an opportunity to invest in the building. And one of the investments was in this really impressive infrastructure that's above the stage. And and, and you, I'll let you tell why that's important, but it was impressive to see it in action. Well, Michelle really coordinated that project for us, but it was needed because we were losing out on shows. Shows could not get here, get their gear in the air, get it out of the air, and fast enough time to get to the next city. So if they didn't have a day off before or a day off afterwards, we missed a lot of shows. Those days are over. So, you know, you talked about 9-11, you talked about uh, Katrina. Coming out of COVID, our team really refocused and, and, and repurposed itself 
to where those improvements that Michelle brought to the table and coordinated and, and then the money that we were able to get through Phil Bryant and, and Governor Tate Reeves, uh, all of that has now come to fruition to where this building is hot, the market is hot, promoters recognize they can make money here, show business is back. Yeah, that's not, what what you what do you want to say about that, Michelle? Since you were a key person in getting that erected. Yeah, um, that was a, a great learning experience for myself. But um, seeing what it took to design this grid and look at the existing 1977 structure and the weight loads of the, the roof and what we could actually hang from that steel structure, which is now the grid. Um, making sure we had safety harnesses and lines up there. Um, it was it was pretty neat, but it, it has been game changer for big shows and big productions. But you know, Rudy, real quick though, and it's not just that grid. You got to see the locker room when we did a show out of there a few months ago. You saw it working and how it is such a nice amenity and, and an upgrade for people that want a higher end experience. We sent you pictures uh, of the new parking uh, facility that we're building to where we can host more events at the same time because we have a bigger footprint to park on. These are all projects that Michelle's heading up to where I can keep focusing on getting business, uh, developing more relationships with corporate sponsors and, and corporate partners. And, and that's why she and I make such a good team together. I'm, I, I couldn't be happier to have somebody of her skill set on board. Yeah, I think that I think the locker room was an incredible addition. I felt that way when we did the show from there. I had not seen it in person, of course, but you guys took me on a tour, and we showed the the Facebook and YouTube audience what it looked, and the Super Talk TV audience what it looked like. But I got to, I got to go in there and experience it. And man, it's just the right size. You, you I didn't feel ever at any moment that I was you know that was too crowded. Uh, the food was special. Uh, the way that the employees uh, behind the bars treated the, the people. It was just a special environment. And then the other thing I loved about it is the multiple ways to be able to leave the room, to be able to get back out into the venue. And, and it didn't feel congested ever. And, you know, I would say that probably that, that particular concert, given the number of people that were there and the number of people that were involved in the locker room, was a really good test for the flow of people from the locker room into the venue and whether anyone at any moment felt like they might be a little bit too, you know, too congested, um, but special. And the other thing that I loved about it, which I also showed some pictures of in the video we did, was the, the, the really extreme care you guys took to, to show some memorabilia there, the memories, so many memories, the tickets and the, the acts that had been there, uh, Muhammad Ali himself watched his daughter box there, but just so many memories, man. And that, for you, it's almost like a mini museum, isn't it? <laughs> True. Well, look, it, it was a collaborated effort to go back and find all that stuff. We had a lot of help. Um, Pat Sullivan provided us some photos. Um, Jeff Thompson. Uh, Jeff Thompson, our house photographer, um, provided some photos. Michelle and I kind of coordinated to find those old concert tickets, uh, the old backstage passes that hang on the wall. Um, I mean, you know, so being able to do that together and make it a team effort to put it, put it together, make it look the way we wanted, that was fun too. Yeah, and I, people just responded to it. I mean, you can tell there was a feeling of relaxation prior to actually going out into the concert and and the ability to actually watch the concert on a big screen there if you choose to do that. But most people didn't choose to do that. Most people 
went out and enjoyed it, enjoyed the concert. And again, the the way you you the, the, you really put a lot of thought into how you leave there. And I know that was actually was literally a locker room at one point, so access to the venue was already pretty much nailed down. But you guys really thought it all through, and it's just great to see it in person. Hey, the other thing that stuck out to me was coming back to the grid and the infrastructure improvements you made. The, the whole the whole. Um, issue around the logistics, the, the very complicated logistics of actually getting set up. You know, going outside when we walked outside and saw the number of tour buses that that accompanied this particular uh, show uh, with Martina McBride and her band, and of course with uh, with with the Judds and their band. You think about that, and then you think about the number of 18-wheelers that had to sequentially come in there and unload, and each one of them packed with all that equipment, and everybody sort of knew where that equipment needed to go. I know this is the way it is all the time, but it's a part that's going on behind the scenes that people who might go to it should completely take for granted. But that is a well-oiled machine to see that. And by the way, in the midst of all that, having food set up for for members of the of the of the touring group so they can go have a really really nice meal, I might add. I got to see that firsthand, and um, you know all this like organized chaos happening at one time, and no one seeming seeming ruffled about it. So um, that's a really good that's a really good place to see what's going on behind the scenes to go see the staging area. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize. All those little things matter to tours wanting to be here. Uh, whether it's easy to rig the production, um, the backstage catering with Levy. Um, we actually got, I forgot to tell Matt this in our security meeting, a huge compliment. They said, what company does your catering? And we told them, and they're like, I'm telling, like literally got on the phone to text people about Levy's catering. Um, how security handles their duties um stage hands everything adds up to a tour coming in here having a good experience and wanting to come back here therefore the guests get to see their favorite artist and they want to play in biloxi so all those little things are extremely important to us uh attention to detail because we know it matters and it it gets out there in the touring world that biloxi is a great place to play and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that at the beginning of the next segment, but the whole notion around security and why that's important, it obviously takes on new meaning in this day and time, but the, the amount of care around that is, is something to behold. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Michelle and Matt from the Coast Coliseum about what it's, what it's like behind the scenes to pull off a big event. We'll see you after this. Also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast. You have Michelle Minning Mann uh, and Matt McDonald from the Coast Coliseum Convention Center. And um, they are they're they're good friends, and I had the opportunity to watch them behind the scenes, and that's what we're talking about. Hey, we're going to talk in a second about the year they've had. Uh, like many many years went by with one million dollar concert, and then suddenly you have multiple million dollar concerts. What a great story that is! And it's a uh, as I said, you can literally hear the hum of the economic engine of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum if you go to a show like that. It's unbelievable what's happening and what it takes to pull it off. It is an economic engine. Uh, coming back to security for just a second, and whether you were talking about metal detectors and the care of bringing people into the building, 
uh, or requirements that the artist might have specific to that, or how you handle security for 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 different concerts is going to play out in different kinds of ways. But there are a lot of people on that floor focused on. Um, making sure people are safe and being ready for contingencies. I mean, I, I'm sure your contingency planning is deep. We're not trying to get into that now, but but it is all you know designed to make a a, a, a someone who's coming in to observe uh, a concert or whatever event to know that they can be safe. And and that's really a serious part of what you guys do. It's always been serious, but I'm, I can only imagine this on steroids today. It's definitely gotten um, heightened. Um, a lot of that had to do with what happened out in Las Vegas several years ago at an outdoor show. And that kind of pushed everybody to not so much to panic, but to, to go, wait a minute. We have to evaluate every aspect of what we do from people coming into the parking lot to them entering the facility to, to uh, how they interact in the lobbies, um, how they are seated. Uh, what our provisions are to try to keep our aisles clear. It all goes into it, but it's so many different people that are involved in it. And once again, Michelle is involved heavily in the staffing aspect of, of every show that we do. And every show is a little different depending on the requirements that the artists set forth. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Hey, listen, why don't we shift gears because we don't have a lot of time left. First of all, I'll, I'll just, or as it relates to the visit and allow me that access, uh, I really appreciate it. It's going to help me tell your story and help me make sure that leaders across coastal Mississippi never forget and take it for granted. Because if you think about it, for many years, it was sort of the center of all the concerts and whatever. And then there was a bit of a law, a lot of competitors from other markets and we weren't seeing the big the big acts coming here for a period of time. Maybe occasionally we would, and then now we picked it picked it back up again at a time I might add. Going back to the conversation at the beginning, when when the business model for artists has changed and and, and touring means a lot more for, for them in terms of the the economic model that they have to do to survive. So the Coliseum is right in the right in the midst of it. They're they are they are a player. They're competitive, and they're doing the kind of things to keep them competitive. And you heard what I said. A lot of years went by with only one million dollar event, and then what? This year, or really in in about the last eighteen months, we've had five shows that have exceeded the million dollar mark. Two of them breaking records. Um, little baby. Uh, smashed a record that Luciano Pavarotti had since 2000 and Morgan Wallen knocked little baby out in about eight months after after that so uh, there's no telling where we're going ticket prices are high I, I make no bones about it I think they're too high but I don't get to set that that's set by the artists and by the promoters that are taking the risk but, but Ricky you know what it's important that this building always uh, uh, stays as an economic driver. I mean, not just for, for the city of Biloxi, but all of Harrison County and really all of coastal Mississippi because when you have events like cruising the coast that are coastwide, they still have to have our facility to have a major part of their event. So therefore, we're part of that coastwide effort. And we want to make things happen that moves the needles for our restaurants, for our gaming entities, uh, for our gift shops, our, our uh, gas stations, you name it. We want to drive business into this community, create jobs, and sustain those jobs because we can do that on a regular basis. 
Well, as a former councilman in Ocean Springs, you know well why partnerships like the Coliseum are so important because it helps it helps pay the bills. It helps keep tax structure in check for for citizens. It's really important. Hey, listen, uh, it's been a pleasure to meet with you guys. Before before we sign off, uh, Michelle, you, you got to give you the opportunity to to say the final word. You know what? I, I did want to say earlier on, and, and I forgot, um, we touched on Alabama at the beginning of the show. And thanks to that experience, it brought Matt and I together in a, in a friendship. And when that light bulb went off in his head, he gave me the opportunity and, and had faith in me to bring me here. And I have learned so much. And I, he's he talks about me all the time, and, and I love it. I'm not a big spotlight person, believe it or not. But um, I can't say enough about this guy and his leadership to this team and um, for the opportunity to have this career. It's, it's wonderful, thanks to him. With Zig Ziglar, the famous motivational speaker, often said that if you'll get help people get what they want out of life, you'll get what you want out of life. And severely, that's the approach that Matt has taken with you. It's awesome to see you two, and you make a dynamic team, but it's not just you two. It's all these other people that surround you as well, and all these contractors. And other, Again, it's a lot of moving pieces. It's organized chaos, and ultimately it pays to create a hum for, for of an economic engine for coaching Mississippi. And it was, it was awesome to be able to see it behind the scenes. I appreciate y'all giving me that access. But anyway, it's been great to catch up with you. Keep up the great work, and good luck with hockey, Matt. Hey, Ricky, thank you, man. Thank keep, you. keep telling our story. It's only going to get better. You bet. You bet. This has been Matt McDonald and Michelle Minningman with the Coast Coliseum. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.